Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Five Songs with Friends. We're coming at you live from the Big Cheese Pizza Studio here on Fullerton Avenue, new location. Still home of Chicago's best mac and cheese pizza. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined today by a very special guest, Nick Sellis. What's going on, Nick? Wow. That was, yeah, this is surreal for me, man. I've heard this intro so many times and to hear it live is just, it's something else entirely. It's good to be here. Thank you for indulging me and letting me come on the show. I, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm so stoked to have you, man. Uh, also, I would like to say you're probably outside of, no, you probably are the show's biggest fan. So. Oh my God. So this is, wow. this is a really a big coming of age moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No We've manifested. Is your mom not listening to the show? Uh, she, yeah. Well, that, well, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, oh, my mom's probably my number one fan. But okay. then I think she's even kind of fallen off the wagon. <laughs> so She was a fan of like the old five songs, not like the new Right. Songs. She's a purist. Exactly. <laughs> but now, now we're back. We're returning to form here because um, this is the shit that I like to do. I'd Absolutely. much rather. This is, this is when, you know what? You told me about this show. Um, it was March of this year when we went and saw Rain Wolf, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say that, like, I've built up being on the show to such a mountain in my head because <laughs> you just told me, like, yeah, man, I got this show where, like, I bring people on and they tell me five songs and, like, you should come on. I have not stopped thinking about that since <laughs> then. I don't know why, like, I've always I've always listened to music and been like, man, like, I, I need people to know about this song or, like, I need people to know about this music. And then you gave me the platform and i was like fuck i don't actually know what five songs that i'm gonna pick so this list has looked different at least three different times so i'm glad that we finally put a date on it otherwise it would just like i would have slowly slipped into madness so i'm glad we're doing it right it's like parkinson's law right the the work expands to fit the yeah the constraints and there were no constraints so you just exactly. noodled on it forever exactly so we have the b-sides we'll do you know we'll talk about those off air we got a couple other. Ones. Well, hey man, I'm a, this is a recurring guest show, so you can come on uh, in six months and do it again if you want. Perfect. Or Twelve months. Whenever I got you nothing want. to do in six months, so <laughs> it's good. Just keep racking your brain. <laughs> just keep adding more problems to your plate. Here. Yeah, perfect. I appreciate that about you as yeah. a friend. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Well, speaking of friends, we're officially Facebook friends now. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. So, so here we go. It only took us. I mean, I've known you for like four years now. Right, but hey, it finally happened. Well, that's the thing. I don't think like any. Very rarely do I get a new Facebook friend request because no one really uses it. Yeah, most of mine came between eighth grade and like sophomore year of high school. So (laughs) I just like, I'm glad. Just been stagnant, plateaued for like 10 years. And like, I don't like to put labels on things, but I feel like we've finally known each other enough to where I'm like, okay, we can be friends. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Well, I'm happy. And now it's all culminating in this moment Mm -hmm. here. So. Uh, cause I, well, I think the one thing that we still use Facebook for is like, I guess people use the marketplace and like Facebook groups, but, yeah. but the events, cause you have a birthday party coming up. Yeah, dude, you better be coming to that. I am. This guy's on my calendar. So cool. I'm gonna two be weeks, there. man, we're going to Kingston mind. Speaking of music, it's like, that's my shit. I do that. This is probably my fourth birthday. Not in a row. I've done it on and off, but like I demand that people come with me to Kingston mines and we just listen to the blues and just like not rock and roll, but like a, it's like more of a dance thing. And they play like a bunch of. They play a bunch of uh, crowd pleasers like they did a bunch of CCR last time. And obviously I'm the birthday bitch. So I'm like blacked out drunk at that <laughs> point and just making a scene and just having a great time. And so I'm glad you're coming. It's a 4 a.m. bar. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. My uncle told me about this place when I was like five. Like it's been around forever. 
and uh, it's one of my favorite spots. And uh, I'm just glad that people, you know, put up with me enough on my birthday to like come out. We, you'll, you'll see, like, there's going to be a crowd of people at the pregame, and then it'll drift off. Like, <laughs> okay, we're not actually going to this bar because it's a weird blues bar, but I'm glad you'll be out there. I expect that of you. Absolutely, yeah, dude. I'm also a big Kingston Mines fan. I've been there a number of times, and yeah, yeah I don't think I've ever had a bad night at Kingston Mines. It's hard to, yeah. Yeah, it's just a great, I mean, they play great. You got two stages for two different types of music. Last time I was there, they had Santa Claus playing the blues, and I lost my mind because <laughs> my birthday's in de- December, so it's always like Christmas something. I lost my fucking mind. It was it was awesome, so I keep going back. Hell yeah. Dude, yeah, it's got, it has such an insane history, like you mentioned. Like It's yeah. been around forever. It's like the place for blues music and it's yeah. the way it's set up it's so perfect because for people who, ha- who haven't been there you should definitely check it out but there's two stages and it's like the second that one set ends yeah. it's like there's like a, a minute break and then the next guy the next one starts so you just migrate your way totally. over and they have like a shitty chicago food place in the back where you can just get like fries and hot dogs and shit so they oh, know yeah, the filthiest food yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> everything's fried they will keep you there for three to four hours at least like they so that is why I always want to go there. I just, you know, what else What else do I want in life? I have my greasy food. I have a full bar. It's my birthday, so my friends are buying me drinks. And I can just make as big an ass of myself as I want. And no one can say shit. So it's like, it's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, 100%. I, what's, I, you'll appreciate this. So when I first moved back to the city, there was this girl that I had, like, had a crush on. I re, like, reconnected with her. I'm like, all right, let's go on a date. And... I took her to Shuba's. We went to a, oh, a show yeah. there mm-hmm. and we were having a blast. It was like the psychedelic rock band. They were really awesome. And she's like, well, like, let's keep listening to music. Have you ever been to Kingston Mines? And I'm like, no, nah, I've never heard of it. Like oh, I just shit, moved back yeah. here. So we went there and we like, it was like a random Thursday night and we had partied until like three in the morning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> eating the corn dog nuggets or whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck they had back there. But it was the best first date ever. It was a lot of fun. Seriously? You didn't marry this girl? Well, unfortunately it didn't work out okay, as it sometimes enough. doesn't, but, um, you know, it is what it is, man. Bring your next date there, dude. Cause that's like <laughs> for real. I'm bringing, I'm bringing that. girls to this party, dude. At uh, please do, please do uh, your party rather. Um, if they can survive, like going to a Kingston Mines and like choking down some corn dog nuggets. That's, oh, God. I hope they have that because I'll <laughs> fucking order the whole party corn dog nuggets. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, man. Corn dog nuggets. How did that become a thing? I, they didn't ask me, but like I'm gladly participating. <laughs> that's like we're like, how could we take? everything all of the most processed shit in the yeah. world and just put it into a nugget and fry it right and it's only good for me when i'm teetering on blackout drunk like there's no other context where that makes sense but in that moment it's like a godsend so yeah like i'm i'm actually now that i'm thinking about it i'm 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 ordering a whole party corn dog nuggets when we get there let's make it happen dude. yeah let's do it um so how did you get into music man because you are one of the most passionate people i know about music dude stop it you listen to a lot of music i follow your you have a playlist that everyone should check out called like i think it's called just good shit or dope dope shit shit. yeah that's a kanye quote okay we'll hear more about kanye later but kanye during an interview i forgot what the question that he was asked but he was just like because my life is dope and i do dope shit and that's always stuck with me like a lot like you quote marcus aurelius (laughs) that quote to me is like (laughs) fuck like i need to model my life after that so that's what the playlist is called dope shit um that is like the deep cuts for nixellus it's like 180 songs long and it is it continually gets added to and it's just one of those things like i can listen to anytime and be like they're all songs that at one point or another I've had like an emotional reaction to mm. and it's all very different stuff. So it's one of my, it's one of my favorite little, I guess, pet projects, but, uh, how I got into music, um, 
my mom is a big music fan so like to get super cheesy she like basically raised me on it she we had cds um that were basically just greatest hits albums of elton john james taylor the beatles michael jackson um sergio mendez um you know just like just a lot of shit that like eight-year-olds don't really listen to but she was you know people were listening to like disney channel radio back when that was a thing but my mom was having none of it because she was the one driving so she's like we're listening to goodbye yellow Rick road and i was like okay. those are all like phenomenal musicians they really are but like as a young age you can't appreciate that mm-hmm. so i would grow up actually like hating this music so then you know you go through your angsty teen phase and i didn't listen to any of it and then i don't know i think it was like during high school or like going to college where I started to revisit all of these tracks like the Sweet Baby James album by uh, James Taylor or like I said Goodbye Brick Road or you know my favorite Beatles album is Sgt. Pepper and like I don't know it just it hits you in a different way when you're older and I'm like god damn it she was right again like that was and that really just kind of it didn't it didn't dictate the kind of music that I listen to, but it made me realize that like, you know, you just be open to anything. Like for a long time, I exclusively listened to rap and hip hop. That was probably my angsty teen phase where I was like, my mom doesn't listen to this, so I can listen to it. But then later on in life, I was like, there's a little bit of something in almost everything that you hear. And I'm glad that that kind of found me because I've found so much music that I really, really, really love that had I just kind of only listened to one genre, I never would have heard about. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite things to do, man, listening to music. You know, I'm your classic millennial, so I own a shit ton of vinyls again, and like I'm trying to bring that back. Hell yeah, um, I got a couple of vinyls over here. I don't have a record player, though. but It's not really even about that. It's about telling people that you own vinyls right. more so than playing right. them. That's the real millennial move. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just that listening to music to me has always felt like a hobby because it's something you can do no matter what you're doing or you can just sit down and you know listen to an album end to end and it's an experience all its own so i don't know i love it i'm 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 digressing right now but no no i think it's interesting what you're talking about i think the important thing is like when you start with good quality music Mm -hmm. like when you start with fucking elton john and james taylor and stuff like that then you even subconsciously you start to develop a like a net like a you can see what quality looks like totally um yeah you just go down these rabbit holes man like um something that i didn't realize back when i was listening to james taylor and now i'm kicking myself in the head for not putting a james taylor song on here (laughs) that dude was playing like all black blues clubs as a young white man when he was like 17 years old um and you don't realize that you're being tricked into listening to that so you're listening to like, lo and behold, you're listening to Fire and Rain, you're listening to Sweet Baby James, you're like, I like this, I don't know why. And then you hear like Howling Wolf or you hear like Sun House and you're like, holy shit, like this is where you kind of go down this rabbit hole, this is how this person got inspired, this is how this person got inspired. And then six hours go by and you're like, oh my God, I'm in a YouTube black hole or like a Spotify black hole and you're just happy to be there. So <laughs> so are you like a big fan of the, the history of music too, kind of, and like where people get influences and like totally. how they got started and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, in college, I took a, a history of music class. Oh, sweet. For, I didn't like major in music or anything. It was Where'd just you go like to school? A, Yo, you went to U of I, right? I did U, okay. U of I. That's right. Um, ILL. I, I and I. <laughs> we're, we're classmates. We're going bowling this year. Right. So. 
Illinois football's back, baby. Yeah, we're 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 back. They we're lost back. to Northwestern today, but, but that's did what, they? they got, yeah, they got they got smoked. Whatever. As long as Lovey still got that beard, I'm fine. Exactly. <laughs> we and beat Ohio does. State. Like, we're good, dude. I'm coasted. We beat Wisconsin. Yeah, that's biggest win in school history. Right. In the last ten years, at least, <laughs> we're coasting on that. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you took the music history class. Took the music history class for no reason. It was just kind of like a blow off class that me and my buddies were doing, and. Um, it was one of those things where, like, I was absolutely in love with everything that we were learning. Like, we were learning about the history of hip-hop and how it started with Jamaican toasting. And they would play, um, you know, Robert Johnson. Like, like blues from the 30s or the 20s that, like, hellhound on my trail. Like, come on in my kitchen. Like, shit that, like, I felt the rest of the class was like, oh, this isn't really that cool. Or, like, and... Again, I just went down this rabbit hole because I didn't realize that at the time, but one of my favorite bands was and is the White Stripes, obviously. Jack White does a lot of Sun House. He does a lot of Robert Johnson. He does all these covers that he just lays on this like real thick, dirty electric guitar, and you're like, God, this is so fucking cool. And then you hear the original version when it's just this scratchy microphone, like you can hear the white noise in the background. You can hear them struggle to sing, but for some reason, like it just, it's something all its own. And it just gives you appreciation for like, okay, this is how, this is how the music that everyone likes today was really built up. And you get to kind of peel back all of those layers and pick up little pieces that you like. Um, and you kind of, you know, you feel like that's why I say it's a hobby is you feel like you're actively doing something by, by peeling back all of those layers. So, and that's why the blues is one of my favorites. We've talked about that. It's like, you can hear that in almost anything really i mm-hmm. mean you can hear that in rap you can hear that in rock obviously but also like there's a lot of country i put some i put some stuff on here today that we'll listen to that as a blues fan just hit me in a totally different way and sent me down this other rabbit hole of country which was uncharted waters for me as a fan but i'm happy to start exploring that that area too it's so it's so interesting to me how open-minded you are about music because most people and i put myself in this category like I think I'm fairly open-minded about music, but yeah. I don't like in the context that if someone like comes on the show or a friend in a car, whatever, puts on a song, then mm-hmm. I will I'll give it a fair shake. Yeah, but I don't actively on my own ambition go and look for new music. But it sounds like that's what you do, like for fun. Yeah, yeah, it really is, man. Um, I mean, who likes working for a living, right? So this is like when I when I'm at work and I'm like, God, I should have, you know, been a major league baseball player, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um. I just kind of, you know, I'll listen to a lot of, I have Spotify and I don't mean to make this a Spotify advertisement, but one of my favorite things to do is listen to the Discover Weekly mm-hmm. um, things and it picks up on all of your playlists. So it'll just pick random stuff. But then as well, like I'll hear, I'll be on Reddit and subscribe to like the music subreddits and you'll just see a random post. Like I found a playlist recently called Electro Swing, which is like a mix of um, swing music from the twenties and then like electric music, uh, electronic music from today. And I was just like, well, you know, I'm working on like a project at work or something. I got, got to just crank away for like two hours. I'll put this stuff on and you, I mean, you comb through a lot of stuff that you're just like, okay, that was cool. Not that great. But every once in a while you get a song where you're like, holy shit. But when I talk about having an emotional reaction and making the dope shit playlist, you get one of those nuggets every, every little time. And I've had so much fun with it that, you know, I, it would be a shame. I, 
I almost have like fear of missing out of good music or music that I connect with. So that's why I just want to listen to everything because I hate the idea of like, there's a song out there that will really, really impact me. And I just don't know what it is yet. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like its own little, it's kind of like its own little buzz in the middle of the workday. So it's nice. Dude, you should start your own podcast or start like a blog or just at the very least, just like email me your five favorite songs every, <laughs> every week, <laughs> selfishly. Because you, I feel like you process way more music than yeah. probably anyone I know. So I will happily play an advisor for you. <laughs> Please do. I've, one of the things that I've been nervous about coming here to talk to you today was I love that our generation is just a generation of creators um, and just very artistic people. And it's been more accessible than it ever has been. Um, so I, you know, I was fully supportive when I heard that you were doing this and that's why I was listening to it so much. But I've never considered myself a funny or interesting enough person to be on a podcast, let alone host a podcast. No, here's the here's the hack. Yeah, you just just host it. That's the then you just put it all on the guests. Yeah. <laughs> so then you don't have to worry about you don't have to be interesting enough to prepare. That's you don't weird. have to do any of the shit. Yeah, right. Okay. Wow. A little behind the scenes. I, exactly. I was feeling like a weird power dynamic, and now that I know what it is, <laughs> it's like the magic is gone. Yeah, dude. Now, yeah, the, the kimono is is open. <laughs> You can see it all, man. Here it is. Wow. That was uh, great. I'm stealing that. That was a good one. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, even if uh um even if it is just like a blog or like an email list or something where you just send out a Spotify playlist every week or like every yeah. month, whatever frequency you want, I think it'd be cool because um, you know, if, if you think about it back in the day, kind of one of the dynamics that I was hoping to recreate with this show mm. is like back in the day, we would people would get their music from the radio stations and it would all be curated by these DJs, right? Right. And if you found a DJ that you liked, then you would just tune into their show and that's typically how you would find music, right? And yeah. so um, like the, the Spotify Discover is awesome because it's highly curated for you based yes. on the algorithms, yes. but there's always going to be shit they're going to miss. Right. And so it's kind of cool to have someone who like yourself who has an appetite to listen to a lot of different music and then can curate it and be like, Hey, I've listened to hundred songs this week. Here are my five to 10 that right. I really love. Here you go. Yeah, man. And I think you make a great point with how things were curated because I would even say that a lot of it was probably curated by music companies themselves. Like these are the, these are the artists that we're going to promote the most, which are going to catch DJs ears, which are going to be on the radio. Um, so people have a lot of complaints about streaming music now and I get it. I mean, I have a lot of complaints about it too. Obviously, artists need to make more money off their streams. I feel like the music industry has really cornered off a lot of like modern streaming. But what I love about it is exactly what you just said. It's really curated to us as the consumer. And was I listening to this broad of a field of music 10 years ago when I had like my iPod Touch or like my, or even like before that, like my Walkman with my CDs? Hell no. Like it was just. You buy what your friends think are cool, which is a great way to get started. But now in kind of the streaming era, for me as a music fan, I would never have this much exposure, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I'm totally happy about it. Again, I wish that artists got paid more. I wish that the algorithms were a little bit more, were a little bit more open-minded. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a great time to be a music fan. I never buy into when people say like, there's no good music anymore. Like all the good rock stopped in the eighties or the seventies. I'm like, dude, you, I don't know. You're just not really trying that hard because it's out there. You just got to put a little bit of time into it and you will find something that you really, really, really love. 
Absolutely. Or ideally, once again, I, I think in this this world that we live in where there's so much information, there's so much content, yeah. um, I think the next decade or two is going to be like the people who curate it and who um, can do all that heavy lifting for you so that you don't have to spend all that time and energy like your average person doesn't have to do all of that. Um, I think there's a huge place for those people. I mean, you, yeah. can, you can look at um, like a lot of my favorite bloggers are like people, business bloggers that just read a shit ton of business books and then put their own spin on things and digest it all down. And like, and once again, it's all curation. So, yeah. um, I don't know, man, Maybe it's some, there's an idea there. I think there is, there's a nugget. I'm, I'm sensitive. Yeah. I have to press pause on this podcast and come up with a nice Silicon Valley idea. Right Let's now. do it. Yeah. I got a whiteboard. <laughs> we'll clean it off. We'll create some shit. We'll make it work. Um, but that's cool, man. So yeah. Do you mostly just Spotify discover like mm. weekly and, or is there any other yeah, ways I think you find music? That is, probably between that and reddit because reddit has like a lot of really good communities for music and for like like they have hip-hop heads they have music itself as a genre um do you, do you ever use a listen to this or listen to this no okay that's like a kind of an under the radar subreddit okay. i'm gonna check that out yeah browse it yeah yeah so it's it's really just that it's just like people will just put it in front of me or i'll try to I'll try to ask people about music as much as I can. Like when I, if I'm at a party and there's a playlist on or like, like my sister's a really big music fan too. Um, so I try to steal nuggets from her. I will stop people like mid conversation. Like I just did this the other day. My sister was listening to like a jazz singer and I was talking to her in the car and I was just like, hold on one second. Who is this? Like you just have to, when you hear something you latch on to, you have to write it down right then and there. Um, Shazam's great, so I'll try to, if I listen to something cool, I'll Shazam it and then put it on Spotify. Um, but the people that I feel most comfortable with and that I feel like you can just have a conversation with for a long periods of time, like a meaningful conversation, most of those conversations have been about music with music fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably me just because that's the thing that, one of the things that I love to talk about the most. Um, so some of my some of my best friends I've found like some really really good music from, and what's funny is like you'll associate those songs with those people, mm. um, and I just I kind of I, I guess that's how it helps me understand people and it helps me kind of understand the dynamics of relationships a little bit better. It's like oh okay like you like this and you came from this so that makes sense. Like your family listened to this, your family's from the south. Like you listen to a lot of country, that makes sense. Let me get information from you on. What's what are people really listening to from where you're from? Not like what people from Chicago think people from Nashville are listening from. I want to hear from those folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just being annoying. I guess it's just like when you meet people and you and you find out that they like a certain genre, it's dominating the conversation and just being like, "Tell me everything that I need to know about that. Tell me all your secrets." Right. Right. You did that to me too. I think at. Um, <laughs> In March, when we when I first told you about the show and stuff, because I think we were just having like a yeah. casual music conversation, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if you knew this, but like I do this show where yeah. literally we do this on a podcast. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, give me some of the best songs that you've heard so yeah. far. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, this dude actually. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, it's good, dude. You get a little aggressive. Well, then I got dope shit out of it, so it's like a fair trade. You That's know? true, and you are the only other person in the world with access to that. Oh, really? So you know? Yeah. Well, we got, I'll put it in the show notes if everyone else wants to follow it. Okay. Go check it out. I'm not accepting feedback, by the way, from your fans. <laughs> This is like, good. This is 
you got to be on board. Like this is, right, right. It's, you're going to hear some weird shit. Yeah, this is a one-way street. Yeah. So, And that's why I didn't get into music. It's like, I don't respond well to having fans. Fair enough. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you ever dabbled with any instruments or anything? Um, I played piano in college. Took a couple piano classes. Just because that's one of the instruments that I love. Like, you can do, you can do anything on the piano. Um, I also played electric guitar for listeners i'm putting that in quotes <laughs> air because, quotes yeah um because me and you know stathy Stathy's mm-hmm. one of my best friends um he played the drums and we were both big two-piece rock band um fans white stripes black keys black pistol fire um i mean the list goes on and on so basically what i would do was learn very early white stripes and black keys riffs which were super basic and basically they just turned up the crunch as loud as they could on the amp to make it sound good and it worked i mean it worked really well so we learned how to play i'm probably overestimating at this point but it was probably like 12 songs by the black keys or the white stripes and you were singing too no i never got the balls to sing i like to sing but I never got the balls to sing when playing. And also, it's it's incredibly hard to play something and sing. I've always had so much respect for like anybody who can do two things. I can't chew gum and walk down the street at the same time. <laughs> so when I see people doing that in a band, I'm totally blown away. Are you singing when you play in your band for the no. basses? Okay. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. No, I, I, I don't have a great voice. Although I did sing a song at our last show on Wednesday. Did you really? I, yeah, it was a kind of a joke though. I did Ba with the Ba by Kid Rock. Oh, no shit. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was Is fun. there footage of that? Somewhere, yeah. My, oh, fuck, no, dude, I, I'm I, looking I'll, that up. I'll, sh- I'll, sh- I'll show you a video after the show Hell if yes. you really want to see it. I do um, want to see but, that. Um, no, no, I don't do I'm the same way though. Like, I have the utmost respect for people. I mean, guitars, guitars and pianos are one thing. Pianists are one thing if they can sing and play because, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the notes that you're hitting are within the chords that you're playing. And so yeah. like, it's easier to harmonize with it. But someone who like Paul McCartney or like Les Claypool from Primus who can play yeah. bass and sing and or like even John Mayer. John Mayer plays like the lead. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then still sings and, and, and creates the melody or drummers like Phil Collins or whoever. Totally. I mean, Anderson Pack's doing that right now. That's like, right. That guy, that especially drummers. Um you know, Jack White does that with the dead weather. I'm just like, what is what is going on in your head? Because for me, and it was probably because I I only played guitar. Stathy and I played, <laughs> we played in a band called the Sterolites. Oh, okay. Sterolites is a Tupperware company. <laughs> so we had, a, there was a sticker on his drum kit that was the Sterolite. So that's why we called it. Oh, hell yeah. It was like a cool rock origin story. Um. It was probably because like I we only really played for like a year and I didn't actually learn any chords. I only learned riffs. But I'm like, how the fuck are people doing this? Of course, they've been playing. I'm like, Nick, you're an idiot. They've been playing for 20 years and like this is all right. they've done. But I just I don't know. It's 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 fascinating to me. I have a lot of respect for musicians because it's hard. I mean, it's really really hard. You put years of your life into something. Yeah, and I always wonder because you know if you think about like LeBron James, right? Obviously. Yeah. He only, not only works hard, like working hard is, is one component of it, but he obviously was given a lot of talent, yeah. you know, out of the womb or whatever reason it is. And like, I always wonder that argument because like to say that there isn't talent involved, I think is just foolish to say that yeah. um, it's all environment or all hard work. So like, yeah, these guys also have a shit ton of talent yeah. on top of that. And they work hard and, you know, they have all these influences. So they've been doing it a long time. Um, well, you got to have that base. That base has got to kind of like light your fire in terms of. I want to get better. So I feel like it's kind of a, it's that mix, right? It's mm-hmm. like, 
you know, you use LeBron James as an example, and I'm a total fanboy for, you know, people like Jack White, who, like, you knew that, like, they were pretty good when they were younger, and they, were, they felt like they were maybe better than the crowd, and that's what kind of lights a fire under their ass to keep pushing themselves and keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was a psych major, so nature-nurture conversation, but that's a, maybe a different podcast. <laughs> right, right. We'll leave that for part two. Right. We'll go deep into the psychology, behavior psychology perfect, of musicians. Perfect. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a music podcast. We do play music on the show. Okay. So uh, let's dive into your first song. Tell us a little bit about it. It's a song called Spaceship by mm-hmm. Kanye. Yeah, so this is... Um, this is one of my favorite Kanye songs, and I'm I make no I make no joke about it. I am one of those total snobs about Kanye, where I'm like, I miss the old Kanye, like that song. That he, so everything that you just heard about me being open-minded music is I'm a total hypocrite because I like <laughs> the College Dropout album is phenomenal to me. One of the one of the reasons that I'm such a big music fan is um, my older brother bought the college dropout um on a cd and brought it home and i just remember this so vividly like he was listening to it and i saw like the cover on the table in front of him and it was like the dropout bear and i just thought it looked so cool and i was like what is that he's like you can't listen to this because it was you know it's an explicit album and it's a rap album and i'm i don't know how old um, and I was like, oh, okay. So, like, naturally, as soon as he was done listening to it, I stole his Walkman, and I stole the CD, and I brought it to my room, and I listened to it end-to-end. Like, I didn't skip any songs. I just sat there and listened to it, and I was completely blown away. Like, it was... That is one of my favorite albums to this day because I credit that for really just... really kickstarting something that I think is still kind of going on with me right now, where it's like holy shit like there's something going on here and i want it to be a part of my life like i want to listen to this all the time and i mean just as a as a hip-hop fan that guy i realized he wasn't the first person to start really doing samples but he's the best i've ever heard doing old school like soul and r&b samples over a rap um song was just incredible to me and uh you know i just went down the rabbit hole of listening to rap it led me to you know, the rest of Kanye led me to Jay-Z and then, you know, going farther back to like, you know, Q-Tip, going to Ghostface Killer, going to, I mean, Sugar Hill Gang. Like it just, again, it was one of those rabbit holes for me and uh, it all kind of came down to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than do like Jesus Walks or rather than do, you know, one of the other big songs from this. The new workout plan. Oh, fucking. That was a close second. I swear to God. That's my, I also am a big fan of College Dropout. Yeah. So. New workout plan is so good, dude. I love that song. So that was, I almost did that one. But this is just one of those songs that I can vibe to. And like, you know, you can put it on at any point and it just kind of instantly hits you. Um, and it's a cool like origin story for Kanye, too, because he talks a lot about how he got started and a lot of how how much work i mean going back to what we were talking about how much work you have to put in to get good at this mm-hmm. um you know kanye in 2019 is a is a different story i have mixed emotions but he still killed it with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy one of my favorite albums of all time um but this is kind of for me was ground zero when it came to really just exploring music so mm-hmm. i had to put it on there Hell yeah. By the way, when did College Dropout come out? Like, 04? Yeah, it was like around that time. Okay. It was a long-ass time ago, dude. So I was... 
Oh my God. I was probably like 12 or 13. <clears throat> and I was a 12, 13 year old white kid in the suburbs listening to, <laughs> listening to yeah. Kanye, Jay-Z, Biggie, Tupac. Like just dumb shit. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, man. So it's it came out a long ass time ago. Hell yeah. Well, dude, it still slaps. So It absolutely does. That's a timeless album. People sure. are going to be, that's in, I'm sure that's in music history books today. If not, it will be very, very soon. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into it. This is a song called Spaceship by Kanye. I've been working this spaceship and I yeah, yeah. it. I wish I me could too. buy me a spaceship and fly. I swear I Shorten the register up Let's go back Back to the gap Look at my check Wantin' no scratch So if I stole What am I fault? Yeah, I stole Never got caught They take me to the back And pat me Asking me about some khakis But let some black people walk in I bet you they show off They token blackie Oh, now they love Kanye Let's put them all In the front of the store So I'm on break Next to the no smoking sign With a blunt in them all Taking my hits Writing my hits Writing my rhymes Playing my mind It's Fucking job can't help them, so I quit. Y'all welcome. Y'all don't know my struggle. Y'all can't match my hustle. You can't catch my hustle. You can't fathom my love, dude. Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. That's a different world, like three summers. I deserve to do these numbers. The kid that made that deserves that made back. So many records in my basement. I'm just waiting on my spaceship. I've been black. working this spaceship. I ain't made shit I wish I could Buy me a spaceship and fly Past the sky Oh, I've been Working this spaceship And I ain't made shit I wish I could Buy me a spaceship and fly Past the sky I didn't even try to work a job, represent the mob at the same time. Thirsty on the grind, shot state of mind. Lost my mama, lost my mind. Life, my love, that's not mine. Why you ain't signed? What my time? Leave me alone. Work for it, y'all. Half of it's yours, half of it's mine. Only wanna ball, never wanna fall. Gotta get mine, gotta take mine, gotta check now. Reach my prime, gotta make these haters respect mine. In the mall to 12, with my schedule headset nine. Putting on on shelves, waiting patiently, I ask myself where I wanna go, where I wanna be. Life is much more than running in the streets. Holla, hey, yay, hit me with the beat, put me on my feet. Sounds so sweet. Yes, I'm the same OG, same goatee, stand low key. No, holla, God, man, why you had to take my folks? Hope to see Freddie G, Yusef G, love my G, Rolly G. Police watch me smoke my weed and count my G's. Got a lot of people counting on me. Just trying to find my peace Should have finished school like my niece And I probably wouldn't use my peace Working this gracious And I ain't pressure. I wish I could Buy me a spaceship and fly Past the sky 
trying to take the dollar cab, coming home real late at night, standing on my feet all damn day, trying to make this thing right. And having one of my co-workers say, yo, you look just like this kid I seen in the old Buster Rhymes video the other night. Well, easy come, easy go, how that saying goes, no more broad service calls in them TV shows that all had got snatched from me, and you know any faculties all turn they back on me and didn't want to hear rap from me, so naturally, actually, had to face things factually, had to be a catastrophe, hit the fridge staring back at me, cause nothing's there, nothing's fair, I don't want to ever go back there, so I won't be taking no days off till my spaceship takes off. working this gracious, and I ain't made shit, I wish I could buy me a Spaceship by Kanye West. Mm-hmm. So that was like one of those albums you said where it's just your brother. You kind of just like, yeah. fuck it, I'm rebelling. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, what? Uh, who doesn't grow up when they rebel a little bit, right? I tell him that story all the time, and he's always still gives me shit about it. He's like, you little fucker. I told you not to take that. <laughs> I feel like everyone has a story like that, though, because like, um, for me, mine was Toxicity by System of a Down. Oh, hell it's like yeah. the fucking explicit sign on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your mom was probably so disappointed in you when, she, <laughs> when you were listening to that. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, you absolutely do. That's how you that's how you find out who you are. That's like, that's, that's why I love to do this shit. You find some music that you're not supposed to listen to. I grew up Catholic, so I really wasn't supposed oh. to listen to rap and hip hop. That was like some, that was the Satan, that was some devil music. Yeah, dude. But that's how you know it was good when it was banned. So that's why I started, that's why I started listening to it. Yeah, dude, there's something to that. Like, if you want to get good art, just start with the shit that got banned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, work your way up. <laughs> absolutely. There's like, I just watched this documentary on Robert Johnson on Netflix, which I highly recommend. I wish. Who is Robert Johnson, by the way? Robert Johnson is the father of the Delta Blues. So he is from, fuck, I forgot what state he's from, but he's like 30s um, blues. So he came up with like Sunhouse, who's like another amazing blues artist. Um, and legend has it, the documentary is called The Crossroads. That's what I just remembered. Um, legend has it that at a crossroads in the Mississippi Delta, he sold his soul to the devil to be the best guitar player in the world which he was for, he died very young. Um, but they say that because in a matter of a year, this guy went from getting booed off stage to people clamoring to have him play at their bars. Um, but he was banned. They, they made up this rumor about the devil because one, you know, it, it is pretty crazy. You get that good in one year, but two, um, you know, they would say that, on Sundays when he would play bars, people would stop going to church. So the preachers wouldn't have anybody to preach to. They wouldn't get any donations because everybody was out drinking, dancing, listening to the blues. 
So they classified the blues as the devil's music, and they made up this legend about Robert Johnson that he's actually sold his soul to the devil. So if you listen to him, you're going to hell. Um, and you knew it was good because if good, God-fearing Christians are going to bars and listening to music instead of going to church, there's something to that. Um, so that I think that absolutely rings true. When something gets banned... There's something to it, and you gotta you gotta hear it a little bit at least, because mm-hmm. you know that there's a reason for it. So that's why I love that shit, dude. Wow, that's fucking juicy, man. Yeah, you are yeah. a total music <laughs> history nerd, aren't you? It's just like I don't know, this shit just sticks with you. I just watched that one like a week ago, so you're you're watching the highlight reel right now. <laughs> Still though, that's yeah. There's something about I mean, yeah, because if it's gonna cause enough controversy to yeah pe- make people emotional enough to fucking ban it, there's there's obviously there, it struck some sort of nerve. Totally. I mean, people say the same thing about rap and hip hop. It, it's a lot about talking about selling drugs. Yeah, but they're talking about circumstance. They're not saying mm-hmm. here's how you sell drugs, kids. It's like this is what I had to do for you to even hear who I was. So. I don't know. There's a lesson in there. So are you a big, a big lyrics person then? Do you oh, yeah. dive deep into the meaning mm-hmm. of songs? I try to. I mean, lyricism to me is like so, I don't know. It's very, there's a lot of songs where every, every, every song that I hear like on the radio or that like when a friend will recommend to me, it's either about love, whether it's finding love, breaking up, um, you know, being hurt by somebody. I would say like 75% of all songs probably have something to do with that. Um, So it's hard to get creative with those lyrics. Um, There are a few people who I really enjoy right now that do it really, really well. But it's that other 25% where it's not about something like love, when it's something about just like, maybe it's still about getting hurt. Maybe it's still about finding something new. But they they talk about it in such a way where like, wow, I don't talk like that. Or like, I've never heard it described like that. and let alone to not only describe it like that, but put it to a melody and make it sound good and make it sound catchy. I think there's it, it takes really, really smart people to do that. Um, you know, well, I have one song later, I won't spoil it, um, that really kind of does it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of my favorite artists right now is Tyler Childers. Um, and he's one of the best lyricists that I've heard in the last five years. I got into this guy like two years ago. And... Um, i never heard anything like it. I mean, rap's a great example of that, too. Like, Kendrick Lamar, Childish Gambino. Yeah, dude, Gambino, the shit Gambino it's incredible. stitches together, it blows my mind. Absolutely. I mean, you know, because the internet album, and, like, just the, I mean, cheesy puns, but, like, really, really funny. Um, I mean, I just, I don't know. It just, it takes really, really smart people to do that, and I think that if you don't listen to things like, rap and hip-hop it's very easy to be like oh these are just a bunch of like you know these are just a bunch of drug dealers or these are Mm -hmm. like it's easy to classify a group of people if you don't know anything about them and if you listen to that i know the same people who are passing that judgment could never construct a sentence like 90 percent of these rappers can man so gambino's a great example of that i love kendrick lamar j cole um for the new school and I mean, obviously, there's an endless list of old school people that you can list off. But yeah, man, it's 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 real shit. You learn a lot about other people by by listening to what they have to say on a song. So I definitely appreciate lyricism. Absolutely. And one other thing that I've noticed the older I get, the lyrics that you put into your brain actually have a huge impact on your worldview. Yeah. Whether it's conscious or subconscious. Yeah. Because um, like I've just been diving back into a lot of bands I listen to 
in junior high and like high school just yeah. for shits and giggles um like for instance like primus and like yeah, yeah, yeah. um some of the like red hot chili peppers older stuff and um like uh, a lot of ska punk like less than jake and yeah yeah, yeah. Push and stuff like that and i'm like oh shit a lot of the messages in the song are actually like kind of what my worldviews are today really is there a lyric that sticks out i'm gonna flip the script and interview you for a second um is there a lyric that sticks out to you it's just like I look at the uh, the anthem album by uh, Less Than Jake, for instance, and it's yeah. like this whole it's like this whole album about like coming of age and being like, hey, you're okay. not you're kind of not like everyone else, and like life is filled with all of these fucking ups and downs, but like, yeah, deal with it, like it's gonna be all right, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, like I guess I have a I like to think that I have a certain amount of emotional resilience, and like I attribute a certain amount of that to that music. Wow. Um, or like Primus, for instance, is like this weird. I guess almost all the music I listen to is like just this weird, at least the music I gravitate towards. Yeah. Is someone, some artist who is like, I am unequivocally different than everyone else. Yeah. And I'm not going to hide that. Like, yeah. here, this is my truth. Like, if you have, if you ever listened to Primus at all, didn't, through you, I've heard like two or three songs. Okay. Yeah. If you ever want to go down a rabbit hole and see what really good bass yeah, man, playing is, yeah. Okay. Just dive into Sailing the Seas of Cheese or Frizzle Fried by Primus, either of those albums for anyone out there right, who's a, a bass head, like, just some of the the juiciest bass riffs you'll ever hear um but yeah they're known for being weird like yeah. they're strange dudes like one of their music videos is him dressed up in a pig outfit playing a ch- like an upright <laughs> bass you know and like um that one's for the ladies exactly <laughs> but like if you d- dive into the music it's like this weird it's almost like a surrealism like surrealist like kind of like a salvador dali surrealism thing yeah. where it's just like weird but if you get past that and dig a little bit deeper into the layers you're like there's some weird truth in here like some strange truth totally that, that rings true this is good man i'm gonna get some music out of this yeah listen to sailing the seas of cheese i've actually just listened to that i was hang- my, the drummer in my band is mm. him and i became pretty much best friends because we both got into like primus and metallica and stuff in junior yeah. high and we started covering them and stuff and um we were like reconnecting yesterday over dinner and like talking about what our favorite Primus albums were. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking listen to one on my drive home. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. Like, oh, this is so good. I forgot how good this was. That's what it's all about, man. This is exactly what we were talking about before. It's like, you just latch on to, you know, if you find somebody that enjoys what you enjoy or can it, and expose you to something new, you just kind of latch on to that. It's exciting. So, right. And best part is when that band comes to town, you go see them live. Boom. Like we did when we went to go what see a, this oh next band. Dude. Rain Wolf. What a segue. Thank you. I'm so like enamored by you right now. That, that was, was probably beautiful. the best segue I've ever had in my career. <laughs> so I think we're just hitting, we're firing on all cylinders over here at the Big G's Pizza Studio on Fullerton. <laughs> Home of Chicago's best mac and cheese pizza. Uh, <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Shout out Jamie Gomez if you're oh, listening God. to this, buddy. Miss you. Um, but uh, yeah, so tell us, man, about Rain How did you discover Rain Wolf? It's just one of those YouTube rabbit holes, man. You could basically you chalk up everything on this list <laughs> to that. Um, wow, Rainwolf. So again, one of those just one of those guys that I am totally amazed by can play the guitar. Again, just these very basic blues riffs that you can hear. If you took away the amp, if you took away the electric guitar. If he just played these chords, these would be like very basic things that he was doing. Um, but the way that he presents them to you and the way that he solos after and the energy that you feel when he's on stage and like how he's asking you to participate in the music with him is something that I love so much about live music. Um, I first heard him play the song, Are You Satisfied? Um, which is such a jam. 
Um, and that's like pump up workout music. If you like the blues and you like rock and roll, like you feel like you can, you know, bang your head through a concrete wall after hearing that song for the first time. <laughs> hey, run through a fucking <laughs> wall, dude. <laughs> that's like, that's it's what it again. I can talk about the emotional reaction. That's what it felt like. Um, and this guy's weird because he only just came out with his first album when we saw him back in March. That was his first album. It was it was like nine tracks long. Before that, he had I think six official singles, all just scattered. They weren't part of anything. But he was opening for like Black Sabbath. Like he opened for Wu Tang Clan. Like he, I, which I is so cool, by the way. Right. Like, like I love that Wu Tang is on board with that. Yeah. Like you know that he's good. If Wu Tang was like, okay, like we're not gonna have another hip hop act. We're gonna have this fucking guy from Canada, who can apparently play the blues, just tear it up and um yeah so like i i was dying because like there were three or four songs that he had out but you know he wasn't coming out with any full-length albums all he had was like random live performances he never came to chicago it seemed like he was always touring the west coast because i think he's based out of seattle now um but there just there wasn't enough for me there was only four or five songs so i guess that's not really enough for anybody if you're a fan but um he came out with um, I think it's called Hear Me Out, the album. Mm-hmm. Um, late last year, earlier this year, and it was just incredible, man. So, you know, he does he does amazing covers of Fleetwood Mac. He does amazing covers of just like old school bands that, you know, your parents probably listened to that you knew that he was growing up on. And to see him do it in his own bluesy, like real thick, like when I like blues and I hear really like crunchy riffs, I just, it's just unlike anything else to me. That's why it's always, always has been, and always will be my favorite genre of music is, you know, you can, you can hear somebody really just put themselves into it. And like, I mean, you could testify to this. When we saw that guy live, dude, like you can tell he was feeding off the crowd. He was, he was there to like fuck shit up. He blew out the fuse in the, in the stage. You remember that? Oh my God, dude, that was, it was a fucking spiritual experience (laughs) almost, man. Like I, I can't. There, I've been to a lot of concerts. You've been to a lot of concerts. Yeah. I've never been to a concert like that before in my yeah. life. That's that's one of the top all time for me. Um, yeah. So, to, for, from my perspective, I got into Rain Wolf probably around the same time you did. But yeah, it was it's a weird circumstance where I had this one friend who uh, Rain Wolf played at Riot Fest here in yes. Chicago, and I had this friend. He's like, "Oh man, I'm not gonna make it, but um, you should go check out Rain Wolf. Yeah, I've heard they're, they're they're awesome. I love them." And so I went and go, or maybe it was you actually. Did you tell me? I, I probably was gushing about Rainwolf. I didn't go to Riot Fest that year, which I'm still like livid about. It was like my I, stupid so nephew. In my friend. mind, I had like this vision that was my other friend James who told me about it, James Bartles, and because but I went to him after the and I'm like, dude, Rainwolf is spectacular. He's like, yeah. dude, I don't know who Rainwolf is, so I don't know if oh. like if I just like I don't know if it was you or him or if I'm mixing mixing him up or I just had like a hallucination or what it was. Like I was slipped in, in the multiverse. Dream, yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, know. Who cares? Don't ask those questions, man. Just be happy you found Exactly. It. Somehow, some piece of advice found its way into my brain to go Dude. see Rain Wolf, and it was the best decision I made that entire fall. Like, yeah, man. And we saw him at, uh, I think it was Cobra Lounge, mm-hmm. where we saw him, like that biker bar, and a uh, really small venue, and we like, it was butts to nuts in there. And there was only like 50 people, so it wasn't like a crazy venue. Um, but he just shreds, man. He just like, and he'll do it, he'll do a lot of his songs on the fly, I don't know if he has set lists ahead of time, but like, it seems like he's just kind of making it up. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was like almost towards the end of the set that all of a sudden all the lights went off and like the music cut out. And I was like, okay, like, I guess it was long enough into the concert where I felt like, 
okay, I guess that was the end. Like a little bit disappointing, but that was amazing. And then like the drummer and the bassist walk down and Rain Wolf's name is Jordan. Jordan runs to the back of the bar and I was like, okay, I guess he's just drinking. And the drummer was saying to the crowd, like, yeah, we just blew a fuse. Like it's this whole stage is fucked. Like we, we just, it's, it's done. I was like, oh, okay. Like that sucks, but still amazing. And, uh, he, I forgot if he got like a stage hand or somebody, but he went to the bar and somebody like handed up an, an amp for him. And he stood on the bar, plugged into an outlet behind the bar and was just playing the electric guitar, no drums, standing on top of the bar. No mic either. Just screaming, right, right. just fucking screaming. <laughs> and I just, I was total, and we got it probably at least another, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of show with him doing that. Yeah, and it ends with him, by the way. So, yeah, eventually they get, I think the bassist just plugs into the same amp or something. Yeah. The drummer <laughs> just sets up shop in like the in the mosh pit, essentially. <laughs> and they just start playing. And eventually the Rainwolf, or uh, Jordan, I guess his name, yeah. just starts crowd surfing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just crowd surfing and fucking kicking chandeliers. Like, it looks like the chandeliers are about to fall yeah, off the ceiling. Yeah. None of the lights are on. It was just absolute like rock and roll chaos it was that it was a pure rock and roll experience and that's that's what you go to live music for man is you hope to god something like that something unexpected happens so you can tell yourself like i got to participate and uh i remember the song that he closed on was closed out on was um with my palms up to the sky which is like very i guess off brand for rain wolf it's not like a blue song it's kind of like a kind of like a postmodern rock song um but still a little bit bluesy in the riff and like i don't know it just i just remember thinking like i never thought i was gonna see that song live and i fucking saw it <laughs> like with this duct tape rock show yeah <laughs> like he's just strapped up to the bar <laughs> such a cool experience i think we paid like 25 bucks for those tickets worth every fucking penny and Absolutely. by the way the high the to me the highlight of the show is he brought that um some like local rapper up and they did he did a oh yeah he did a verse that fucking yeah, that yeah, song yeah. ripped i don't remember what it was i but. totally forgot about that yeah, they came up and did a song. I don't even remember what it was either, but like, yeah, he screamed like this kid's from Chicago. And I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah, that show was just insane, man. A random Thursday night. Mm-hmm. We had a good group of guys there and we're just having fun. It was yeah, a fucking blast. I'm going to see him again without a doubt. Whenever he, I have like an alert on my phone. So. Did you go see him when he played at Aragon with Wu Tang? No, because tickets were like $95. Yeah, it wasn't a I know. bit pricey. And like, I like Wu Tang, but I was going for Rainwolf. So, yeah. And nobody else wanted to come with me. To like go to both, so you know. Fair enough, man. Well let's play it. This is a song called In the Dark by Rainwolf.
was in the dark by Rainwolf. Yeah. Fuck man. I love Rainwolf. I know. <laughs> I know. More people. He's so cool too. Like he just yeah. seems like a like they're just their whole like grungy yeah. um just like vibe and they just seem like good people, I don't know. Yeah, I mean I more people need to know about Rainwolf, which is why I put them on here. I would highly recommend for anybody listening. We were just talking about it during the song, but like the studio versions, great. I wish so badly that I could have showed everybody the live version mm-hmm. because it is at least twice as good. Um, YouTube Rainwolf Live, you won't be disappointed. There's probably five or six videos that I listen that I listen to on repeat at work. <laughs> um, and I don't know. For me, like if you're an artist and you can, if you can't do it live, like if you can't if you can't sound as good at least as you do on your studio recorder 
I just, it automatically comes a notch down for me. Mm-hmm. And Rain Wolf was one of those people that like, I loved the recorded versions first. And then I YouTubed and I was like, oh my God, like this guy is just, I don't know. He just, he becomes part of what he's doing in that very moment. And you just love to watch it. For sure. Have you ever heard of a guy named Shaky Graves? Yeah, man. Shaky Graves, same way. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I just watched his Tiny Desk concert. Oh, he did a Tiny uh, like, Desk? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Like the other day, I mean, it was from a while ago, I think, but I just saw it the other day. Um, and yeah, absolutely. That's another person who like, I actually saw him at Lollapalooza like probably like three or four years ago. And I didn't know who he was, so I didn't pay that much attention, which I regret. Um, but yeah, he's definitely another person that like, that's why you go see live music. It's because mm-hmm. of, of folks like Shaky Grave and Rain Wolf, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with like Gary Clark Jr. Absolutely, dude. Gary Clark Jr. I, I, don't get me wrong. There, there's some good Gary Clark recorded, but yeah. you know I'm listening to that 2017 live yeah, album. Right, right. Like when the train pulls in Absolutely. live is so much better, dude. Dude, yeah, and that's a phenomenal song. That was like, that was a true blue blue song. Like that was, that was real shit. And his new album, This Land, is good too. Like Low Down Rolling Stone. That song I know. That's like I want to go see Gary Clark for all of his other songs, but that song I know is going to like shake me to my core mm-hmm. live. So I need to go see that. I'm totally on the Gary Clark train. Yeah, I'm big Gary. I need to see him at like a a festival though. I feel like because I, I saw him at uh, Chicago Theater and it was like a sit- oh cool, which was cool. It was a very intimate thing, but that's just I don't think that's his environment. Like the I think he needs down. to be on the fucking outdoors, like yeah, totally. in the elements, you know. Yeah, I saw him at. Lollapalooza a couple times because he he like did that circuit with the Black and Blue album because there was a there was a good gap between albums with him and yeah you're right like it's just cool to be a different experience when you're in a mob of like sweaty ass like minded people <laughs> yeah yeah and you're all just kind of like feeding off each other and feeding off the music in hindsight it's gross like when you take a shower it's religious you're like, like why do i do this right <laughs> like your back's all sore and shit yeah. and you're just like can't, so happy you can finally sit down after right. like seven hours but. absolutely but then you remember back to those songs and you're like god damn when my train pulls in life <laughs> right or yeah like i remember like seeing the foo fighters live and shit and like being in the mosh pits and stuff it's mm-hmm. just like there's nothing better than that absolutely man that's why i love live music it's one of my favorite things in the world yeah and speaking of we were talking about it um off air here but what what are some of your favorite places to see music in the city? Um, probably, probably my favorite venue um, is the Aragon Ballroom. My cousin used to work there. He was like a promoter there years ago. Um, so we would go. We would just like randomly get tickets. And, you know, being a suburbanite, this was like a big deal for me to come see music in the city. Um, so this was like high school. And he would get us tickets. I saw the Black Keys for the first time there during the Brothers Tour. Um and it's just a beautiful place, man. You can, it's, I think you can fit like four or 5,000 people in there. So like a lot of people, but there's murals on the ceiling. Like they have these great, the upper floor, like it's just great architecture. Um, so that's probably one of my favorites, like in terms of just sentimental value. One of my favorites to see live music at is like, I've seen some awesome shows at like Shuba's. Mm-hmm. I love Shuba's Tavern. Shuba's is the best. Like if you, if, you, if there's a band that you like and they're playing Shuba's, yeah you won't find a better place to see them probably in the city. Absolutely. It's, it's so just, intimate. It's Because you're perfect. there. I mean, you're on stage almost, <laughs> and the speakers are as tall as you standing right in front of you. Yeah, I mean, the sound is still fucking surprisingly really good. Yeah. Shout out to Pete Bonahum, one of my friends. He runs sound at Lincoln Hall and Shubas. Does he? Oh, my God. Um, Pete, I wasn't even setting you up, buddy, but good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do a really good job with sound there. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, I saw Macklemore there like forever ago. That was like a random You saw Macklemore at Shuba's? Macklemore, yeah. That was that was pre thrift shop days too. So that was I forgot what the album was called, but like That's when he was doing like the fucking uh, the rap over other side like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a dope. That was a dope. That was actually that, that was the first Macklemore introduction. I was like, okay, this guy's actually pretty cool. Okay. Um but yeah, there was like fifty people. I mean it was Shuba's is not I'm sure they can squeeze a hundred people in there. But um, so that was a that was a cool one. I also saw like the Verve, like the Verve came and did like a not to be confused with the Verve pipe. Correct, correct. Who who is the one who does Bittersweet Symphony? Not the Verve. Oh fuck! I don't know. You're putting I'm me on the spot, dude. I'm trying to look cool on your podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I it was just like a random because they have Shubas has that upstairs bar as well. So like we were there for a party. Oh, it is the Verve. The Verve does the Bittersweet Symphony. Is it? Boom. See, dude. There you go. I knew it. Very knowledgeable. Um, I didn't see Bittersweet Symphony. I saw some random other show, or I mean, some random other song. Um, but it was still really good. So they were just like, I don't know if it was like a surprise show or what, but I was not there for that. We just like snuck in because we were upstairs for a party. And uh, yeah, man, it's just I don't know. That is my favorite venues are are the smallest ones. Um, Kingston Mines, don't forget Kingston Mines, of course, <laughs> dude. I mean, you're not gonna see anybody you know at Kingston Mines, but you're gonna see some fucking really good music. Bottom Lounge is another one. Oh, dude. Bottom Lounge I love. I will say, yeah. Bottom, I always say Bottom Lounge is the best venue in the city. Yeah. That, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Because it's a perfect size. It's yeah. just big enough that you'll get a good band that you like there. Absolutely. Um, and the sound design is fucking phenomenal. And they got that great bar and they got a McDonald's across the street, man. So you know when I'm like browning out hard at the end of the night, I'm walking across the street for McDouble. Like, dude, they also, I didn't know this until recently, but they actually have a really sick upstairs too. There's like an, a rooftop patio. Upstairs. Is there really? Yeah, and there's a whole other stage upstairs where they do smaller oh shows God. and stuff up there. I've been missing out. Yeah, I think it actually just opened this past year. But, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that's worth, if you get there early or if you're just in the neighborhood and yeah. you want to go grab a drink somewhere, go check out their rooftop. Oh, when it's a, And when it's open in the summer, it's fucking sick. That's a hot tip. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to see a show out there too. Yeah. Or up yeah. There. And Cobra Lounge is right across the street too. Yeah. So that's a cool little area. Fuck yeah. Okay. Good right looking by, out. Right by Music Garage. That's where uh, I've had some jam sessions there. It's like, well, you, this is just a trip down memory road. This whole <laughs> Yeah, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> music Garage is sick though. For anyone who's a musician in the city, it's like one of those places where you can rent a room and it has all the amps and PA okay. and drum set in it. So you just bring your own guitars and you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Damn dude. That's like a, that's like a music hotspot. We didn't even know it. Yeah. So you, you gotta, if you still, well, we'll give you a, a shot at the guitar over here. We'll Fuck get you. Off. We'll get you going again. No, we'll go jam, man. We'll do it. All right, give me six months to relearn every shitty chord that I learned. Well, like I said, man, show. it's got to turn the crunch all the way up, man. Exactly. Distortion, That's a good point. And the crunch all the way up, and and you got rock matter. and roll. <laughs> That's it. It doesn't even really matter what notes you hit. You can just play open. Just we'll drop you, drop D, and just see what happens. Right. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Any anytime, man. Let me just make give me I'll get half drunk, make an ass of myself, and then we can play. As long as it's only the white stripes and only the black keys. Yeah, well yeah, we'll we just stick we'll just stick in blues. We'll just play in like open E blues and we'll just have fun with it. Yeah. Sounds delightful. Cool. Well, we're gonna make it happen. Um but so yeah, the, this next song intrigues me because mm. I I've actually I was recommended this song by uh, a few years ago. Oh um, nice. And this I was recommended a bunch of country because I'm not a huge country fan. Same. But I met a guy who was really big into it, and he was yeah. he actually had suggested some Coulter Wall, and there was like che- oh, Chelsea oh, yeah. something or other Sadler is that her name? I don't know. I've not um, heard of her. It was all within the genre, and Tyler Childers; those were like the three main artists Fuck he yeah, recommended. Um, and 
I got into it for a little bit. Like, I, I really like the song that you, you selected, The White House Road. Um, right. Uh, that song. But yeah, tell me about it. Like, so how did you get into country? Yeah, so again, not to make this an advertisement for Spotify because they're a major monster corporation. But uh, they had a playlist called Blues and Blues and Roots Rock. So that had Nick Sellis written all over it. So I obviously dived into there. And uh, this song came up. It's the vinyl sessions recorded for Spotify of White House Road. Um, and it was just one of those songs that like, again, I I don't, I never liked country. I loved, I guess I liked old country. Like I love Johnny Cash. That's an easy one. Um, but I don't know. I just never really got into like Blake Lively or like, I don't know. I can't even name. Blake Lively. Is that a person? That's an actress. I believe. Oh, that's well, married to Ryan Reynolds. Fuck. <laughs> See, Blake Mills. Is, maybe. This is how little I know about actual <laughs> country music, clearly, and celebrities. <laughs> Blake Lively is a hottie, so if she I, played I, country music, I would watch. Exactly. I yeah, I was gonna say I don't know how you how you couldn't get into it, but <laughs> it's all right, man. Anyway, disregard. Right. Disregard well, let's derailed that conversation quickly. Um, but there was, I don't know. Like my mom is a big modern country fan. My cousins are big modern country fans. I could just never participate, so I wrote it off entirely. I was like, I just don't like country. I'm not one of those people. And a lot of the people that I listen to music with are the same way. So, mm-hmm. again, like-minded people hang out, and they're like, no, we're never going to listen to country. And then this song came on on that random playlist, and I was just totally floored. Because, again, going back to, like, you can hear the blues in almost anything that you hear nowadays. And to me, this this just screamed it in my face. Like, there is, at the very, very core of it, beneath a lot of different levels of whatever else he's been inspired by is the blues. Um, and one thing I've learned about, he's from uh, Eastern Kentucky, and a lot of these Eastern Kentucky country singers will have this, like, what they call the Kentucky draw. So it's a very, like, unique way of singing where it's an accent, but typically accents don't really come out when you sing. This almost, their singing almost enhances the accent. Um, and I just had never really heard that in an approachable way before. Um we were talking earlier about lyricism. Tyler Childers, for me, is one of the best, I'll say non-rap or hip-hop, because that's a different different style of mm-hmm. lyricism. One of the best lyricists I've heard in at least, like, the last five years when it comes to, like, you know, country, rock, you know, whatever. Um, he just, he does very unique stories about a very unique place, and it makes you want to go there. Like, I, I have since gone to kentucky three or four times um and i'll tell anybody this super underrated state fucking beautiful like mountains it's green everywhere they have like those cave systems i I went to railbird music festival in lexington kentucky to see him um and it's just a beautiful place man and like really cool people and i don't know a lot of people don't know about it and i i feel like it'll probably be once nashville's totally saturated Lexington, Kentucky is gonna it's gonna be the next hipster location. Or sure. Louisville, man. Louisville's like Louisville, a, yeah, is I've a not legit been to Louisville. city. Or, yeah, le- yeah, legit city. I remember I felt like such an asshole when we went to the Kentucky Derby one year and oh, nice. we were riding up and I was like, wait, there's buildings here? Yeah. <laughs> totally, dude. I had the same perception. I swear <laughs> to God. People if you're from the Chicago area and you think of anything further south than like Carbondale, if you're lucky nashville if you've been there you just assume like oh that's just like i don't know appalachia and like fucking yeah you just assume there's nothing going on there there's like there's a lot of really good music um coming out of out of that area um and he's just a piece of it man he does like um 
he writes excellent songs. He he's very verbal about modern country music. He says like he's been quoted as saying like we have not fixed the problem of bad country music. It's not all about old red town solo cups. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not all about old town road, red solo cups, tractors, my girl. Like it's not all about that shit. Sing about sing about life and you'll get a lot farther. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously working. He just got nominated for um, a Grammy. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, for the song All Yorn, um, which was the single off the Country Squire album, I think. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 making an impact. And this kind of led me down, you know, the rabbit hole of, like, listening to, like, Margot Price. She's, like, another phenomenal country singer. Um, you know, there are just people coming out of really, like, third-man records. Like, Jack White's doing an awesome job of... Produ- I'm sprinkling Jack White across this entire interview. Wait, so he's producing... He produces Tyler Childers? He or? produces Margot Price. Okay. Yeah, Tyler Childers is with, I think, RCA. But it, this is... Country Squire was an independently produced album. This is another guy who... Um, the recorded version's always great, but the live version is so much better. Mm-hmm. So, White House Road, for me, the vinyl sessions, is the definitive version of this song. Mm-hmm. When he plays it on the album, it's still good, but it just, it's not, it doesn't have that same, like, raw emotion that he sings with in this version. Um, so, I knew, like, I'm only putting this on there if I could find it. Luckily, I did. Um, and I would highly encourage everyone, like, Go down that rabbit hole. Listen to this song if you like it. Listen to the other vinyl sessions if you like those. Listen to the albums. You'll find a bunch of YouTube live recordings. And all of a sudden, you'll be listening to like the slide guitar and like cheesy country shit and be like, where did I just go? Like, how did I end up here? And I promise it's a great place to be. You will, you'll love it as much as I did. Hell yeah. Well, let's dive into it. Let's give people a listen. This is White House Road. <clears throat> the R vinyl session of Tyler Childers. Sway <clears throat> House Road. People try to tell me red 
wind up dead Cast your troubles on the Lord of Lords Wind up laying on a cooling board But I got buddies up White House Road And keep me strutting when my feet hang low Whiskey gonna ease my pain And all this running's gonna keep me sane Get me drinking that moonshine Get me higher than the grocery bill Take my troubles to the high wall Throw them in the river and get your fill We've been sniffing that cocaine Ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold Lord, it's a mighty hard living But a damn good It's a damn good feeling to run these roads When you lay me in the cold hard clay Won't you sing them hymns while the banjo plays You can tell them ladies that they ought not frown Cause there ain't been nothing ever held me down Lawmen, women, or shallow grave Same old blues, just a different day Get me drinking that moonshine Get me higher than the grocery bill Take my troubles to the high wall Throw them in the river and get your fill We've been sniffing that cocaine Ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold Lord, it's a mighty hard living But a damn good feeling to run these roads It's a damn good feeling to run these roads It's a damn good feeling to run these roads Alright, that was White House Road by Tyler Childers. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, some just a lot of heart in that song. For sure. I mean, that's, you know, if we were just saying that, for me, if you feel like you can hear somebody struggle to sing a song a little bit, not in a way where it's like tough to sing, but like where it's maybe tough to talk about. Again, he's talking about stuff that is like very different from our experience coming from this portion of the Midwest. He's talking about a lot of drug abuse, a lot of, um, yeah, it's very self-deprecating stuff and it's a very vulnerable way to talk about it is to record it in a song and show everybody or try to get an audience that relates to it. Um, and it's just something that I, you know, was never, I was pretty ignorant to. Um, so to hear him talk about it, it just kind of makes you realize that an experience other than your own is happening. Um, and it's just, I don't know, you learn a little bit more about a different culture that's, it seems very far away, but in reality, it's a seven hour drive, which is pretty crazy. So, right. That's the insane part. I always like when I was traveling or when I would even just now, um, just meeting people in throughout this country, it's insane how fucking massive the U S is. It really is. And how there's all these different subcultures that we, 
Um, we just all group into being American, but in reality, there it's almost like there's probably like ten or eleven different subcultures. Oh, in absolutely, this country. absolutely, and I feel like it's one of the. I mean, I didn't need another reason to love music, but I'm glad that I found one, which is it exposes you to. If you hear an artist from the Appalachia, like Tyler Childers is, or if you hear an artist from, you know, Canada or Seattle, like Rainwolf is, or you know. Even even Kanye with the West Side, West Side of Chicago, you learn something very unique about where they came from, what impact their surroundings had on their life. Um, so I feel like it. You're almost cheating in a way because you don't have to go. You don't have to go experience something necessarily to to get a little bit of a taste of it. So, right. Well, that's what good art does, though, right? It brings your specific world to the masses your right. point of view right totally and it's a very vulnerable thing to do which is just something that i've always loved about both art and music it's you know it's it's tough to do that so i have a lot of respect for people that are willing to put themselves out there like that mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah it takes takes a lot of guts man um i don't know did you ever get into it because I know our mutual friend who we've met through, our buddy James, mm. is a big emo fan and so stuffy. Do you ever get into emo music ever? Um, through them, uh, I have listened to, it's probably not even really emo music because I'm not super exposed to it, but it's like, you know, my chemical romance, <laughs> which I actually really enjoy. Like, I yeah, like records. They have some good songs, man. But I don't do what they do. Shout out James and Stathy, which is like, go to emo songs and like, they have those booths where you can get eyeliner. And shit, and like, no, they don't even go to the booth. I think they just have it at home. <laughs> I've been to, they've actually, I'll, I think I did, they, for one show, they did actually put eyeliner on me. Um, <laughs> we went to go see Green Day oh. and, Jim, and Jimmy Eat World. So that's not even that emo. I know. <laughs> I think that's who it was that night, or maybe it was Blink Yeah, that means they definitely know. just had eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even the concert that you wear eyeliner to. That's what I'm saying, man. That's why I didn't want to do it. But, you know, then you drink like six drinks and you're like, right. I'll do it. Your pressure's a bitch, man. You just, you got to cave. I cannot wait for them to hear this. I'm not telling them we talked about them at all, but they're going to. Oh, yeah. That's the, awesome. Because I was wondering, because you were talking earlier about like how you have this, you know, you talk about your influences and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. all this high quality music. So I'm like, I don't know if you necessarily would be a fan of emo music <laughs> because they, I, well, they have some bangers for sure. Some of those yeah, artists, for like, sure. they aren't. There, it's very simple music for the most part. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of what we were talking about before, you can listen to a lot and just get maybe like a couple nuggets and it's worth your while. Like the song Helena uh, by My Chemical Romance. I didn't really, I never really connected with that type of music before I heard that song. Or even like the Black Parade. Um, Teenagers scare the shit out of me. I don't know if that's the name of the song, but that's mm-hmm. the chorus that I hear in my head. And like, so you do, you do like even though I don't even though I'm not like a diehard fan and these the, these things we're talking about maybe some emo fan is listening like fuck these guys don't even know what they're talking about that's not emo music maybe that's the case but there's always a couple nuggets no matter what genre of music I listen to that always kind of stick out in my head um, so that's what I appreciate about you know being exposed to stuff that you don't normally that you wouldn't normally gravitate to. You, I like being surprised and uh, songs like that are what surprised me about genres that I don't, that I frankly just know nothing about, but I can still enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of doing stuff uh, that's outside of your comfort zone, so to speak, we were talking because we both uh, recently started boxing, right? Oh yeah. So that's a little, <laughs> at least for me, that was outside of my comfort zone. What's that's been definitely out of my comfort zone, dude. What's been your experience so far? You've been doing it for what, a couple months. I've been doing it since August of this year. So oh I- shit like three or four months um i mean it's kind of wild dude we just took 
we were it just randomly came up like in our group of friends like who's who's the least who's the most likely and least likely to get into a fight i won most or least likely sorry um which I, i'm okay with i can live with that that's why i hang out with football players so like i can just you know be the baby elephant in the middle of the herd and they can protect me but um i recently took it up just because like I've never, I've never been in a fight, but I've always like wanted to be prepared, I guess. And I wanted to have an outlet for stress that comes with existing as a human being. Mm -hmm. And wow, like that is something that I recommend to everybody. I've told like three or four people, even if you just go for the one free class, just do it and you will feel so good. You'll feel like shit physically. (laughs) Like they kick the shit out of you. It's eight rounds the way i go to like a title boxing place it's like eight rounds three minute rounds and you're fighting the entire time and you have like a 30 second break in between and that's it um but it's i love it because obviously it's a great workout but you get so tired but you still have to be mentally really sharp because you might have to remember a combo or you might have to remember you know, a defensive move or something like that. They shouted out over a minute ago and you're still doing it. Like, what am I doing? You have to, you kind of find that balance between how you're feeling mentally and how you're feeling physically. And you have to kind of navigate in that space, which is not something that I'm very good at doing when I'm tired. Like I want nothing to do with anyone. I, I want to stop. I want to, you know, I'm a big, I'm a huge baby. Basically is what I'm saying. When you're doing your words, not mine. Yeah. When I'm doing something like that and someone's like challenging you to, you know, keep going, I like surprising myself and boxing is the thing that I've surprised myself most with. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to do things like sparring. I know. Is that what you're doing? No. Fuck no. What are you doing? Uh, I was just doing like similar to you, just like the conditioning classes and stuff. Is it like a, t- no, you go to a gym though. Yeah. There's a boxing gym up the street and yeah. they have, there are, I've been in there when people are sparring and stuff yeah. and it looks intense. And I've actually, did I tell you, I showed you, like I actually did fight once. <laughs> Your fucking Thailand yeah. experience. Yeah. I, I've gotten a fight once in Thailand, a boxing match. That was I won. wild. Yeah. You won. Yeah. It was just all haymakers. All yeah. The time. No shit, dude. I feel like if you put me, even though I've been doing this for a little bit, I would do the same exact thing. Like being in a real fight is very different. That's what I was. Yeah. It was, I wonder because. Yeah, we practice that. I still hit the bag pretty often. I don't go to the classes anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll probably pick it up again in the future, but um, I've just been hitting the bag like yeah. twice, three times a week. And I feel like, yeah, if I was to get in a fight, all my all the mechanics, all those good habits yeah. would go fucking right out the window. I was just thinking about that today. I went to I went to boxing earlier this morning, and I was when I was driving there, I was like, what if I got in a fight right now? Like, I would kick that guy's ass. And then I, like, leveled with myself, and I was like, no, you wouldn't. The first punch would look really good, and then it right. would probably <laughs> just, just be chaos. Left jab to the face, and then I'd be like, oh, fuck, I just punched somebody. <laughs> fuck, that hurt. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't have my gloves on right now. And then it would just be right hook, left hook, right hook. Right. Um, it would be horrible. Um, but I would like to get to the point where it's so ingrained in muscle memory where i would be fine i don't know maybe that's not even gonna happen but like man you're probably getting pretty close if you've been doing it since august i mean i don't know you're you're gonna be more credit than i give myself i feel like well if i if we go out drinking later and i just throw hands you're gonna be like what the fuck is this chucking nuts you want to go gas some beers and chuck some nuts tonight out here in logan square (laughs) yeah you want to find a fight we could find you a fight i'm sure we could but I'm a lover, not a fighter. Can't that's it, it, yeah. <laughs> Let's not fight. But P- I don't that, fight people. Yeah, that's a good PSA for your fans. Don't fight people. But if you have to learn how, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, 
Because I was the same way. Like, I did that one fight in Thailand a couple of years ago, which that was... That was wild. I feel like that you should post somewhere to where your fans should watch it. I don't know, man. Learn it's really bit bad. About you. <laughs> Someday, maybe I'll release the footage if we get enough demands. Yeah. Let me know. But um, I was always afraid of getting in fights and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, when I was in Thailand, I was like, I'm going to throw myself in the ring to, you know, throw myself in the deep end and get exposure to, to fighting. Um, and then I made a commitment. I'm like, well, you know, when I get back and settled in, I'm actually going to do jujitsu or yeah. Muay Thai or boxing or something like that and learn martial arts because I have the same, I have like the same, I, I consider myself a lover too. Like I, I would like fight with your mind, not your, your muscles type yeah. of thing. And, uh, but I always wondered like there's some, sometimes you just can't control it. Like you're going to get, yeah, there might be a scenario where you get in scuffle. You got to defend yourself. Yeah. Right. And so I wanted to have a little bit of confidence and that's right. why I did it too, kind of for similar reasons. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's been great for me. I don't know. Like, are you having like, for me, it's just a great outlet. Mm -hmm. Like I've had really shitty days at work and like, I promise I'm not a serial killer, but I'll imagine people <laughs> right, <laughs> that I hate. Just bring it out. Like, God, you just got your ass handed to you. Like you just got, you just got killed. Um, and it's been a great outlet. So like, I, I recommend everybody do it. I know, I know like a handful of people that after I started, you included were like, oh yeah, I've been doing boxing. Like apparently it's just a thing and I had no idea what it was. Um, but it is, it's so much fun. You feel more, you feel powerful. You feel more in your own body. You feel more comfortable. Um, and I've actually gotten to bring it back to music. I've gotten some good nuggets of music. I have like a, my Saturday morning trainer is like an old school, like Rocky top fighter. And we'll just play like Music that you shouldn't be boxing to, but like it's still good. Like he'll play like Jethro Tull and like, <laughs> and like okay, yeah, right, and like Steve Miller band, um, and like even though at the time I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like this isn't pumping me up. I've remembered those songs later and been like, okay, I want to listen to that again. So kind of a weird crossroads between boxing and music but well, it exists interesting yeah they do not play that at my gym no uh, they play like down with the sickness and um, oh, see that I could fuck with I yeah. can definitely do that my like gym hardcore rap good. music and stuff yeah rap is the other Eminem one too um, but yeah it's cool I'm it's, it's happy that we're both going through that at the same I time. would like to spar not with you let's spar sometime I don't want to spar you I would like to spar yeah, I don't want to spar you <laughs> okay good uh, I would like to spar at some point just to like see what I would do, but I'm such a chicken shit that like I would plan it and then go to an actual boxing gym, step in the ring and probably just like throw up all over myself and be like, well, I can't fight now. I'll say I was super nervous when I did my one fight. And then when I got popped once, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. But you can't quit. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. <laughs> that uh, is a horrible way to motivate me. To right. Do this. No, it sucked. But then, well, it's just like, it's, it's honestly, it's like a microcosm of the class because at least yeah. for me, when I get in the class and they're like, all right, easy peasy jump rope, four minutes and like easy two, two minutes of jump roping. I'm like, I want to go home. People don't jump rope for that long. That's not a thing. They shouldn't do it. Right. It's just not. It's fucked up. It's not good for you. But then, you know, by minute 15, when you're all the endorphins are fully like flooding through your body, yeah. you're like, fuck, this feels pretty good. Yeah. And then by the time you're done, you're like, that's what, that was amazing. Yeah. But at least for me, like the first time at your gym or are you talking about when you got a fight in the, in the gym, in okay. the gym, but also in the fight, like the yeah. first, the first minute or two of the, of the fight sucked. Yeah. But then it actually was kind of fun. The, the last two rounds were fun. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause we were talking about it before, but like, you don't realize that when you're throwing punches, you're either not breathing or not breathing a lot. So it's all, is that anaerobic endurance? I don't know. Yeah. 
but you'll stop punching for a second and be like, holy fuck, when did I get this tired? Like, I was fine a second ago. Um, and then as you build up a little bit, you learn what you can and cannot do or how, how you should and should not throw a punch and you get a little bit better. Um, but, I mean, kudos to you, dude. I can't believe you fucking... That, that there was alcohol was awesome. involved. There was yeah. alcohol involved, <laughs> right. so... That's fair. Don't try that at home, kids. But if you ever find yourself on Co-PP Island, head over to Reggae <laughs> Bar, where they don't play reggae music. Uh, they don't smoke weed. They just have a boxing ring and a shit ton of booze, and they get foreigners to fight in there for exchange for more booze. So wow. it's worth it. It's good entertainment. It, I, I was entertained in that two-minute video. You would have loved it, man. If you ever go down to Thailand, check it out. It's oh, well. There's no contracts. Nothing gets signed. Uh, I'm I got, sure there's The not. night before, some guy uh, broke his arm in there. Yeah. You know, there's dead people somewhere. Uh, yeah, I wonder if I, from that particularly, I, I specifically, I hope not. But yeah, I mean, uh, I hope not. Too, sixteen but ounce is. gloves, yeah. you know, and there's sixteen ounces. Those, those are real. Yeah, or maybe even bigger than that. Well, sixteen is pretty big. Yeah, so like they're pretty soft, you know. You like it's comparison. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fun, man. All right, well, co pee co pee pee head up. Yeah, that's like uh, if I was gonna break my arm anywhere, it wouldn't be on like a Thai island. That's not where I would want. Like, no. There's no hospital. They had mm. to, so we had to just sit there with like no pain meds. Pretty much in, until the morning and then Man. take a ferry back to mainland and hopefully get it set. Shit. Yeah. They probably just like gave him more booze and were like, next ferry is at 9 a.m. Good just luck. A, yeah. Just arm limping down. Yeah. I'm but good. what a story for that guy. Right. Well, and I, the shitty part about that, at least what I'd heard is that it was his friend and they were just having, oh, having fun man. and he just caught him at the wrong point. Yeah. So imagine if you broke your friend's arm on this island and I should actually, once everything's resolved, it'd be hilarious. For sure. That's a, a that's a wedding story. For sure. If assuming all is hopefully that guy's all right. Right. <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't have like a crazy arm that still hurts when it gets rainy out or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, well, all right. So we got two more songs here. Let's jump into the second to last one. This yep. song is a fucking banger. Oh, nice. I'm glad you like it, dude. Jezebel Stomp yeah. by what's it? Black Pistol Fire. Black Pistol Fire. I feel like you, you saw them many times. But I, I felt like I had seen you right around the time you were going to go see them. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, I've seen them like five times. Okay. These are like one of those, this is one of those artists that I almost hesitated to put it on here at risk that someone, cause they're in a perfect sweet spot for me where I can pay $20 and see them at, like I saw them at bottom lounge. Um, I didn't see my shoe I forgot where else, but I've seen them like four or five times at random places. And there's only ever been like, Oh, the Metro. That's that's where mm. I saw them too. Um, and there's only ever been like, hundred people or like give or take 50 people outside of that um and these guys so they're they're a band from canada i didn't mean to put two canadian bands on there but they're based out of austin texas now and these guys fucking shred so hard live again another artist that i like the recorded version but when they do it live it is at least twice as good um you know these guys have amazing original stuff it's, it's a blend of like Southern rock, blues rock, garage rock, and they kind of meet up at the in the perfect way. But they also do, one of my favorite Neil Young songs is Ohio, and their cover of that is phenomenal. It's like 10 minutes long. They solo for so long. It's another two-piece, like just, you know, very, very bare-boned band, but they sound like there are four or five people up there. They also cover Fleetwood Mac. They did. Uh, they covered Childish Gambino's "Redbone," which is my favorite Gambino song, um, and they did a phenomenal job with it. Um, so this is 
like they're coming they're recording new music now these guys were putting out new albums like clockwork for like five years they took this year off um so they're they have like four or five singles out right now i'm hoping that they're gonna be back in chicago um in spring because they're they don't have anything coming up in in the winter so i will definitely let you know when they come by yes i have brought I've brought three or four people who hadn't heard them before to songs. Like every time I go to see them, I bring one person who hasn't seen them before. And everyone (laughs) is like, that was fucking unbelievable. Five stars on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, man, they just, they shred live and like their, their inspiration is like crazy shit. Like little Richard, like they do little Richard covers. Hell yeah. That's just not something that I would expect from a band that sounds this, bluesy and this grungy and and um yeah man they're they're some of the hardest working musicians that i've seen in a very long time they tour they go in the studio and there's not much of a break in between so a lot of respect for these guys more people should know about them but give me at least a year or two more of like 20 dollars <laughs> and i'll be fine perfect man well yeah well let's let's see how people like it i'm a big fan of it um let's play it though this is a song called jezebel stomp by black pistol fire That was Jezebel Stomp by Black Pistol Fire. Yes, sir. So, yeah, who's the best band you've ever seen live? Whoa. Right? You, you talked these guys up. You talked up Rainwolf. Um, probably, I mean, all right, good. I, I finally got to talk about this. This has been the elephant in the room. Jack White. Oh. Jack White. 2013 or 2014 Bonnaroo. Um, my first and only Bonnaroo experience. 
Um, this was during the Blunderbuss album. And he played a three and a half hour set. Like fucking wild. He at a festival? At a festival. You can do because oh, you can play Bonnaroo, they don't ever I mean, they're stop. In bumfuck Tennessee, dude. Like <laughs> I'm sure the closest cop is gonna take thirty minutes to respond to that call. But yeah, he um he did when Jack White plays, he does no set list. At the time, he had two bands with him, the Vultures and the Peacocks, an all-boy band called the Vultures, an all-girl band called the Peacocks, and he would randomly, because he would just start a riff, and the band was expected to just pick it up, and he would just randomly be like, okay, uh, Vultures, you're done, Peacocks, let's go. So there's another band, or there was, he doesn't do this anymore, but there was another band sitting backstage that had to be ready to go at all times for him to just call them out and play their songs. They did the White Stripes. Um, they did only a couple Tour songs. Um, they did a couple Dead Weather songs. Obviously, Jack White. But they all, he also covered uh, Lemon Song by Led Zeppelin. Oh, no way. Dude. Oh, it was so that's good. That's actually a really underrated Led Zeppelin song. It absolutely is. And that's I like, should have quit you. Yeah. And he's belting. He is belting. And like... That's one of my favorite, like let one of my favorite songs by Led Zeppelin live because Robert Plant just, I mean, he just wails. That dude had a fucking voice back in the day, mm-hmm. still does. Um, but yeah, Jack White was doing the same thing, and like, I don't know. For me, maybe it was the drugs, maybe it was just the good time I was having, but it didn't feel like three and a half hours. Like I, I got my money's worth and then some for the trip down there, the camping, the the festival ticket with that set alone. Um, and I've seen Jack White like two or three times since then, just cause he's to me, he is like the pinnacle of music right now. Um, and it's always a good time. I highly recommend if you guys have, if anyone listening has not seen Jack White, yourself included DJ mm-hmm. fucking go see it, pay any amount of money. I have not seen Jack White. I've never been a huge Jack White fan. I just never, maybe I just haven't gotten into wow. his music. It's not not that I've ever heard anything and I'm like I don't like it. It's yeah. just that I haven't heard anything and been like um, I really need to go right deeper into that. We actually covered uh, Seven Nation Army. We did, did like a, a nice. little. Hell yeah. We did a little teaser. We did like a little medley and we threw it in there. But our, people our love that show. shit, dude. That's a mm-hmm. that is an arena song. That mm-hmm. is like the ultimate folk song that just like took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just say we're lucky that I'm not drunk at a party talking about Jack White right now because you'd be like. Get me the fuck out of this conversation. <laughs> like That's your soapbox. I am the ultimate fanboy. And when people are like, nah, like uh I think uh our friend James will just like give me shit and like, oh he's not that good. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, you're an idiot. Like I people just don't get it. Right. Well, that's how I am with John Frashante. I'm like, dude, yeah. there's no better guitarist. Like, really? The, well, I, that's not true. There's definitely better guitarists, but I thought what John did yeah. with his songwriting ability and guitar playing is just I don't know this, by the way. Is it for Red Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know any of their names. But. Their main guitarist, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had many over the years, but John was the guy who wrote Californication, yeah. Blood Sugar Sex, Okay. by the way. Hell yeah. He wrote everything on By the Way. Really? Everything. Bass. Uh, yeah, the whole song, lyrics, everything top to bottom, I think he wrote all of them. God damn. So. Do they still play that song or are they not allowed to since he's... No, yeah, they still do. They okay. Still, they still play. He doesn't care, dude. He He's a recluse, man. He quit the band in like 08 and yeah. just sits at home and does synth music and just he doesn't even pick play guitar anymore. He's, he's like, I'm bored with guitar. 
No I've shit. played it all. That's how you know you're good is when you can, <laughs> when you get to the level where you're like, nah. <laughs> right. Well, he's also just like a true artist, you know? Like yeah. Some people are just like that. They're just, they think a little bit differently. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, everyone's got their own. Yeah. What's your moral high horse or the band they, they stand behind? What is your, what is your number one show? Number one show. The best show I've ever seen was Foo Fighters on the oh, yeah. Wasting Light Tour at nice. Summerfest in Milwaukee. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Summerfest is a great place to see those bands. Fuck yeah, dude. It was awesome. It was kind of same deal. They played for three hours. They came out and they're like, hey, Milwaukee, we missed you on the last tour, but if it's all right with you, we're just going to play three hours at Bang all the way through. <laughs> and everyone was like, no, I got to be like, home. Ah! <laughs> just yeah. screaming, having a good time. Yeah, they played everything. They played like a bunch of stuff off of Color and Shape. They played yeah, a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah. off their first album, and obviously Wasting Light is... You know the the last good record they made, but yeah, that was an uh, incredible album. Rockwise, I would love to see Foo Fighters live. They always do Wrigley though. Now, yeah, that's an expensive show. Yep, it is. Well, actually, I went and saw it with James and Stathy. I Did saw you really? Them, I saw them at Wrigley um, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. We got or last year we got last minute tickets. Yeah, for like eighty bucks and went. Hell yeah, um, they would be a great. I mean, just Dave Grohl. I love that guy. That guy's from top to bottom, from musician to person. I'm just like. I like this guy. Seems like a cool dude, right? Yeah, right. Seems like I've cool seen dude. shows where he like, there was that one show where he like broke his leg yeah, yeah. and like went off stage for how how long and then they fucking wheeled him out in a cast that he kept playing. Like, that's rock and roll, dude. That's yeah. Like, well, then they made, they made like a throne for him to sit on. Did yeah. you see that whole thing? <laughs> Just insane, dude. That's, he's yeah, he's a show must go on. Right. Easily they could have canceled that tour. For sure. But he's like, nah, man, that's what I love. Yeah. And like, I'm sure I wish I would have been there to see that, but people who have seen that, you're going to tell your grandkids about that. Like, oh, you yeah. thought that show was good? I fucking saw <laughs> Dave Crawl fall off stage and break his leg, and he still played. Oh, man. What a badass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's probably my favorite show. But uh, That's a good one. You know, I'm not I've been to a lot of good ones over the year. The Rainwolf one was is probably the best show I've seen all year. Um, For sure, dude. Seen a lot. I mean... We're, we're fortunate, man. We're in a really good... I think with Spotify and stuff and the internet, it's just easier for bands to tour and get their name out there. And Totally. Um, and I mean, a great music city like Chicago. Yeah. You can find... There's so many... There's Yeah, as we mentioned, you rattled off a bunch of venues and we didn't even touch on some of the other good places that you could see music right. on any given night. There's probably like 15 venues you could we could see music tonight if you wanted to. Yeah. And, I mean, even if, it, if it's small bands, you can do it any night of the week. If it's big bands, you know that they're going to do probably at least one show in Chicago on their tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of like, is it at the United Center, man? Right, right. That's yeah. I saw the Black Keys at the United Center recently, and I was like, it was tons of fun. I liked the Let's Let's Rock album a lot, but the United Center for me, I'm not I'm not great at the arena show thing. I like mm-hmm. all those venues that we were talking about before, like Shubos, like the Metro, like Bottom Lounge. Those are that's home for me. Right, dude. That's the cool thing about the Foo Fighters is they actually did a tour where they they were just doing surprise small shows they played cubby bear before dude what oh my god dude yeah isn't that nuts? Hit the fucking cubby bear could you imagine seeing food? or they played a show at metro too like yeah. gary clark played a show at after a show at metro law really? after show so it's cool i mean if if you're on your game you can sometimes see those bigger bands they they totally they actually it seems like there's a kind of a trend that people are they're kind of going at least doing a little bit more of the intimate stuff even though it doesn't right. pay it's just i think they like it too i don't think i don't think anyone likes playing at the united center i don't yeah. think anyone loves going to see it. it's just like this is what we have to do right the demand is big enough to where we have to do this Mm -hmm. um but i love the idea of like some of my favorite artists just doing a more intimate show later on because i have seen like where you'll see like a random if you're on an email list you'll get an email like two days before like this person's gonna go to this shitty little bar and like play a play a show 
that I would I would love for more people to do. So I'm I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Absolutely, man. Well, so we're rounding we're rounding the corner here. We got our last song of yeah. the night, mm-hmm. a song called "Building a Ladder" by Hiatus Coyote. So yeah. tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, real quick disclaimer: this is a very this is a sharp left turn from the last song. <laughs> like we just listened to some very hard aggressive blues rock and it sounded amazing. This Hiatus Coyote is a band from Australia, and they describe themselves as like a neo funk hip hop band. Um, and I heard I heard Highest Coyote through Anderson Pack. He sampled them on his Malibu album. I think the song was Without You. I could be wrong about that, but um, I remember it, Malibu is like one of my favorite albums of the last few years. And at the end of the song, he samples. Well, really, the whole song is a sample of the song Molasses by Highest Coyote. And at the very end of it, he samples the chorus. And I just remember hearing that chorus and being like totally captivated by it and just getting angry and being like, how are you only going to play 10 seconds of like this amazing fucking song? Like at the end of your song, like, I guess I kind of made peace with it. I was like, I guess that's a testament of (laughs) how good Anderson Peck and his producers are that like they can just shit out this great music and like just, you know, give us 10 seconds and be like, that's all you get. Um, But then randomly again, I uh, came up on a Spotify uh, Discover Weekly, and it was the full song, mm. and I was totally blown away. So Molasses almost made the list. I highly recommend that. But um, really, just the entire Choose Your Weapon album by Hiatus Coyote is really, really something special. Um, these guys are like a great blend of funk and hip-hop. Um, the, the lead singer, she's a phenomenal singer. Uh, and they're like somehow are well not well known but also well respected so like they have an entire remix album where like q-tip will come on and and do a remix of their song so like they're they seem to be very well respected like in the hip-hop and american music community Um, but i had never heard of them and um so this is a song called building a ladder um it starts off very slow but um it definitely picks up with the hip-hop beat um, and I picked this one over some of the more upbeat ones because the, the song itself is, is literally about finding love after a long time. That's what the lyrics say. Um, but for me, I just connected with it so much because it was, it felt like a song about redemption. It felt like a song about overcoming something and learning something about yourself. Um, and you know, it was one of those songs that for some reason just brought me a lot of comfort and just kind of helped me process things in my life. And I would just listen to it on repeat one after another, after another, after another. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and it's it's very it's I don't know, it's a special song to me. It, it doesn't follow your traditional songwriting formula like it's not verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's just something very, very different. But I still I still for some reason just gravitated towards it you know, a hundred percent. And, um, Hiatus Coyote for me is one of those gems that I want people to know about, um, because they do, they're doing something very special. They're doing something very unique. Um, and I think that if people heard them, if people kind of delved into them a little bit, I guarantee you, you would find at least two or three songs that you like, because there's five or six songs that I could have put on this list, but just with as much as I've connected with this song in particular, 
I was like, maybe this would be a good intro for, for folks. So hopefully they connect the same way. Sweet. Let's do it, man. Let's play it. This is a song called Building a Ladder by Hiatus Coyote. Side line, come on. 
Coyote, great song, fucking incredible voice she has. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, enjoy it. it. Seems like you're. It's tickling you. It, yeah, I'm gonna go down there this rabbit hole. I'm gonna dive into this album. Please do, man. Um, I. Uh, yeah, for me, like, I don't know. Like I said, that song just really just it connects with me in a, in a different in a different way. It's easy to put a bunch of happy songs on. I like to occasionally you find a song that you're saving for a rainy day or when you're going through some shit. Mm-hmm. That song is it for me. I can put that song on when shit feels really, really heavy and you feel a little bit better. And that's all you can really ask for uh, from music. So that to me is this uh, it's just this little safekeeping that I have. So hopefully other people find it that way, too. And, you know, these guys produce amazing music, man. They do. They have a great sound. Um, and they really run the gamut when it comes to all things hip hop. You mentioned the R&B influences before. That's absolutely the case. Um, so I try to tell everybody that I can about Hiatus Coyote, man. People, they deserve to be listened to. They, they make some really cool shit. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into them and Black Pistol Fire and, uh, already a fan of Rainwolf and Kanye and more Tyler Childers as well. So mm-hmm. some good stuff shared here, but I was just talking, we mentioned, I mentioned that I was like making these social media clips, uh, yeah. and then you were like, "Yo, dude, I just don't really use social media." So yeah. let's talk about that because that's kind of rare in 2019. Someone it is. who doesn't use social media. I get so a lot of shit for that. What's your? Yeah, what are your philosophies behind that? Um, I, it's honestly just super emotionally draining for me. Like maybe I'm just too much of a snowflake to even be on social media. <laughs> but you know, we were talking about it a little bit at the break. But like, I just feel like, especially with platforms like instagram which primarily pictures and and videos it's it's very easy to cherry pick pieces of your life and present them to the world and say that this is you know this is what my life is like this is who i am and it's too easy for people to say my life's not like that like i go through actual life events and like i have fucked up things that happen to me or like i'm self-conscious or like you know, I'm anxious, but these people, it's too easy to compare yourself to other people like that. Yeah. And it, well, yeah, it makes you feel like having a bad day or having negative emotions is a bad thing. Right. When it isn't, it's just 
a part of being a human. Like right. you're always going to like have the ups and downs of life, right? Exactly. And like I, I, I do that. I'm pretty good at that shit already. I don't need an app to help me <laughs> to exacerbate the anxiety that I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I really am just on Facebook. Um, and you know, I, my friends will be all on Instagram, um, you know, TikTok, and I don't know, whatever else. I can't even, like, name all of them. But I don't know. I just, I can't do it, man. I can't. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a little brother who is in high school now. And just to see him and his friends, the amount of social media that they consume. Um, oh, man. And the way that they, um, you know, that's how they find. So it's not all bad, right? It's like, that's how they... Um, you know, how you find, how you find things that you enjoy, how you find, how you find people that you like, how you find, it, it is very much, as you were saying before, it really is a tool. Um, but it being a tool, it can definitely be overused, abused, and even become addicted to. Um, and that's the part that I guess scares me. Like, you know, I trust my little brother and the generation behind us as much as I trust our own generation, but it is, especially in a, in a time where um, mental health is becoming a, a bigger priority, but very, very slowly. Um, something like that is as accessible and as in your face as social media, f- from my perspective at least, and I'm sure there are tons of people that would argue with me differently, and that's fine, but for me, it adds to the problem. It adds to, it adds to my problem more than it adds to my solution i guess so that's why i've like i don't know i've been fortunate enough to have friends who don't exile me for not being mm-hmm. on social media like i can text them i call them every once in a while which is a weird experience for them <laughs> they don't talk on the phone ever um but for me i would just much prefer to dip my toe in social media and use it you know for something like planning a party Here's how I got on your calendar. This is the best way to do it. But I don't want to go on and post every single thing about my life. If you want to know how my trip went, let's go get a beer. Or, like, let's go hang out. I got shit ton of pictures. Like, let's look at them. We'll talk about it. Um, so, I don't know. That's me on my high horse. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with it. I, I, I'm I'm in the same school of thought, which is probably why we get along. Um, but, yeah. I, it's... At some point, when you have a... a tool like social media it starts to influence your behavior and your your decisions are not based on what do i really want to do it's based on what do i think will get me the most amount of likes or what do i think people will like the most about me right um it creates this constant need for validation i think which again is something that i'm doing fine on by myself i don't need an app to help me with that process right um for you like as someone who works in it as often as you do is it hard for you to separate almost professional social media and personal social media? Um, sometimes. I don't know. I, I've I've actually started trying to distance myself from like the consulting work I do that works with people that are more yeah. social media focused because I know that when I do that stuff I get sucked into it mm-hmm. and then it's a I mean it's a very addicting game to play and like it is, at the yeah. end of the day there's a lot of your life that's boring and you can fill it with these um, pretty much made up status games like getting the most likes on social media and it'll right. it'll give you that short term satisfaction of like at least I'm not bored. Right. At least I don't have to sit here by myself with no stimulation. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And being bored is not a bad thing. No, that's where creativity comes from, in my opinion. Right. Like, you need that space. You also need a little bit of inspiration, and like social media can be a great tool for that. Like, right. But once again, it's like anything you said, dude. Any sort of 
tool can be abused and you can form addictions and then you know it influences your behavior and then it's just it's nasty it's a cycle and i it's easy even for me to get sucked into it at times um but i try my best to teeter that line between having the minimum amount of social media but also not letting my friends forget about me because i haven't been on social media right it's a tightrope walk yeah for sure it'll be interesting to see how how our relationships i guess um evolve as social media continues to evolve like who knows what we'll be using in 10 years because like 10 totally. years ago we were i mean i guess we were using facebook 10 years yeah, ago. yeah but that had just like just come out mm-hmm. so who I'm, if you were to ask me what facebook was going to be 10 years ago it wouldn't be this right and we were always talking shit on facebook like facebook's almost right. dead yeah you know so it's like but they own instagram so is it really dead right now it's a conglomerate so it's like yeah but they, I mean, 10 years from now, I can only imagine it's going to become more accessible and more ingrained mm-hmm. in your life and your personality. So it'll, it'll probably go the way of black mirror where everyone has a, mm. a five star, like an Uber, Uber rating yeah, for your right. life. And <laughs> right. Good grief. That'll absolutely be the case, yeah. but we'll see. I'll, I'll live in a foxhole. Yeah. For real. Just give me a cabin in Northern right. Wisconsin and I'll just give me that. My Spotify account. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all I need, man. Right. Maybe a SoundCloud premium. Who right. <laughs> YouTube premium. Um, so, Nick, man, let's wrap it up here. Uh, it's been fun, man. We're at, we're, Dude, at, what, we're, awesome. at, we're at over two hours. So oh, fuck. Is it? Yeah. We're at 250. Wow. 250. Well, we'll edit out a little bit of it, but it'll be about two hours. Wow. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, so, as Dave Grohl once said, I end every show like this, by the way. Okay. Um, as Dave Grohl once said, these are my famous last words. So, Nick Sellis, if you were to say the same thing, oh, what would follow that statement? Yeah, you told me that this was going to happen. And I <laughs> said I was going to think about something, and I have not. Um, so, my famous last words would be, I would challenge, I'm going to continue to challenge my friends, and I would encourage all of your listeners to challenge their friends and challenge themselves to listen to music that makes you a little bit uncomfortable or listen to music where your first reaction is like, I'm not going to like this. Um, and see what happens. You're going to have to shift through some bullshit probably. Um, for every five songs or ten songs you hear, you might only like one of them. But I can speak from personal experience that some of those nuggets that I've found have stuck with me you know, for the last four or five years and I'm confident that as I revisit them throughout my life I'll connect with them in a very similar way Um, and you just go down these rabbit holes man where you find yourself listening to and you know participating in via live music or however you approach music you'll be a part of something that you didn't realize was out there Um, and that to me is is the best part about being a music fan Um, so I would encourage everyone to to try the same thing and if you have any good tracks let me know about him. Hell yeah, brother. As they say, um, <laughs> HYB. Uh, no, I a hundred percent dude. Like that's, that's so interesting because they say like, you know, the way to grow is to step outside your comfort zone, get comfortable right. being uncomfortable. And I've never thought about that in the way of music. And, yeah. um, I think those are really wise words. And I, every time that I've done that retrospectively, that's how you find awesome new artists, yeah. you know, and you, when you take the time to, listen to an album and really just listen to it the first time with no judgment yeah. and let it hit you. Um, and then you come back to it maybe a couple days later and then it starts to grow on you. I mean, that's how you find awesome music. Like, totally. They say the best music takes time. Yeah. Right. The best music doesn't hit you right away. I mean, that's the perfect 
roundabout. I was talking about at the beginning of the, of the show how I wasn't really, my mom would make me listen to Elton John and James Taylor and like, I wasn't really into it at first. And here I am just like totally fanboying like <laughs> like no one else. It's it, it does. It absolutely takes time to grow on you. It's like a, it's like a beautiful mold mm. and it eventually touches your soul. I don't know. Put that on a pillow or something. Yeah, we'll put it on a t-shirt <laughs> for sure. Good stuff, man. Well, wise words. I like that. It was a good, uh, put a bow on everything. Yeah. From, uh, it's a very circular podcast. That's what I do. Well done. <laughs> Nick Dude, Sellis, man. Thank you so much. This was awesome. As your number one fan to be able to come on the show. Yeah, this is it. This is a dream come true. Thank you for anyone or everyone who is listening for letting me digress for as long as I have. Don't ever get me drunk at a party because it'll be like a six hour long podcast episode and no one will be listening, including you. <laughs> well, everyone, pump him full of whiskey and Jack White songs. <laughs> You'll make his day. Um, Too true. Good stuff, man. We'll have you back on in 2020. So I, I My 2020 schedule is totally clear. Anytime, buddy. Perfect. Sounds good, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and by the way, like I said, you brought five awesome songs. So you're welcome anytime, my man. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you, dude. Yeah. I appreciate you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Five Songs with Friends. We're out. Good night. <laughs>